Hey, welcome back to the show. This is Alex Myla. I'm here with Chris Yates, and this is episode two of Don't Fret, a guitar builder's podcast. couple things we wanted to, to share. We wanted to talk about our process of uh, what we think about when we're going to build a guitar. You know, from my perspective, from Chris's perspective, you know, when we talk to people who are looking for a custom instrument, we want to be able to um, entertain their ideas, but also steer them in a way so they can have an instrument that they're very that they're very happy with. So yeah, Chris, when you get someone that says, "Hey, I want I want a custom guitar," what goes on in your head? Yeah. Um, so yeah, usually I'll get an email. Um, and I think I I absolutely need to revisit and update my uh, website and <laughs> sure like in inquiry form. But I think I say on there like uh, when submitting your email inquiry about a build please include um like what really like what genre of music you mostly play and um what tuning you primarily play in and i feel like those two questions really help to <clears throat> narrow things down um you know cuz if cuz a lot of the time the the customer that wants put a build together like they it, it's kind of like a they don't know what they don't know kind of a situation, and so sure. if if you have a customer that's super excited and they're like, you know, I want a a seven string, uh, just you know, because that's like what they think is cool, and then you're like, cool, what you know, what tuning are you going to put it in? They're like standard, and I'm like, okay, what scale length do you want? And they're like, oh, like a twenty seven inch scale. <laughs> like, well. <laughs> That you know, uh, let let's revisit that. <laughs> you probably right, don't right. don't don't need a baritone scale uh, if you're gonna be in standard tuning. And you know, usually it's uh, <clears throat> they're very receptive to that feedback, and you can kind of uh, start to craft the instrument that they like actually need instead of what they think they want based on like you know what they've read online or whatever. So yeah, and then I I also ask genre of music mostly because first of all it it helps immediately kind of put together what pickup configuration um is is going to work well for them and uh just like even more specifically what pickups might work well um and it 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 kind of gives you a little bit of a hint into what body woods might be more appropriate for their guitar as well um <clears throat> but yeah, those are the two questions that I always start with. That's pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, I, I feel like we're going to be, you know, j dipping in and out of the whole great Tonewood debate um, throughout this whole, uh, you know, conversation. And For it's, sure. It's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely something that's almost inescapable, especially when, when talking about a custom instrument, because yeah, I in the electric guitar world we're we're also fighting against a lot of the this you know crazy good marketing that a lot of the big names have kind of put out about 
you know, aspects of guitars, like, you know, 40,000 year old mahogany or bog (laughs) oak and the ancient tone that's uh, within, um, which, which always kind of gets me because while there, there may be some truths to certain aspects of what they're talking about, it's in my opinion, I'm going to say just like a big, you know, this is my opinion is, is that the, amount it contributes to is a lot less than what people think it is. And it's, it's funny, even in work, when I'm talking to my patients and stuff like that, a lot of what we do is education. We, oh, yeah. we try to dispel a lot of the notions of what makes a great sounding guitar. Granted, it is both a very objective and subjective thing. And it's hard to say for that person, you know, what is the perfect guitar, but us as, as builders who have done this for years now, and who probably at one point in time, I'm speaking for myself, I also did believe a lot of the things that were told to me by, you know, either more experienced guitar players, or, um, you know, people you meet at guitar center, whatever. And then you start building a guitar, you start building more guitars, you start experimenting with different woods, scale lengths, um, string gauge pickups. And then you start realizing the common threads that end up happening every single build. And you start seeing that the the things that are emphasized are sometimes less less important than everyone really wants to think, but they have that mystical uh, draw to them that causes people to be like, I want, you know, the 40,000 mahogany body and yeah. a, you know super chambered thing with a the long ass neck and pure rosewood and all this stuff but yeah, you you're gonna say something i i, I uh and i kept going oh all good um no i was just gonna say um yeah it's interesting that you bring up kind of like a similar situation that you find yourself in between your like your day job is uh doctor and you know, just taking that point of education, like educating your customers. Um, because I uh, work in IT and I mm-hmm. find myself doing the exact same thing. Like, oh, sure. you know, like tra- translating technology to uh, people that just like aren't really in that world every day. Um, and yeah, really, it's kind of the exact same thing um, now that you mention it. Um, and the other thing that I was going to mention is in regard to uh kind of how you were saying the <clears throat> just in in the experience of guitar building like uh putting together what what really sort of ends up being like a recipe for what your brain is like oh like this person is going after this tone and they're going to be playing this style so this will be a good like combination of woods or components to achieve that even when you think you have it down pretty solid and like that instrument coming out the way you want is pretty high, then you'll have an instrument either like come in as a repair or something like that, that has a swamp ash body, which I usually attribute to having like, like not, not a whole lot of low end and a pretty pronounced high mid uh, mm-hmm. to it. And <clears throat> say like a maple fretboard, um, and a wing gay neck. And in my mind, I'm like, cool, this will be like a pretty balanced instrument. And then you go to play it and it's like, wow, this is super dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it like, yeah, it kind of it throws totally, all your notions throws, out the window. 
Yeah, exactly. And you're like, well, okay, guitar, uh, you win this round because I don't know why why you sound like this. But, you know, luckily, pickups, in in my opinion, in my experience, make up, I don't know, at least 80% of the voice of a guitar. So usually I, you can... Yeah, usually you can correct a poorly, really what is usually a bad combination of pickup and instrument just by swapping the pickup out to something more appropriate. But yeah, sometimes you'll you'll get an instrument that just throws you for a loop. Oh yeah, like it, it's it's like it's just like when you're cooking something, you're like, I followed the recipe exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but something why, why is work out? Is my mouth bad right now? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, is like it's supposed to be good. All like all signs, everything I've read, everything that I'm told said that this is supposed to be good, but yep. it's not for some reason. And you're right. Like I, the few times I've taken actual custom orders, I in the beginning I made the, I won't call it a mistake. I think like the whole thing is kind of a learning process, both for you as someone who is building, and also for you as a builder to. You know, it's kind of like almost an obligation to tell the customer what what is feasible and what maybe isn't. And ultimately, if they right. still want the thing that seems unfeasible or just kind of seems a bit odd, you're still going to do it, you know, unless you are, you know, are have a different model. Like for me, I did a couple custom in- instruments in the very beginning. And for me, I you know, I kept getting into that rut where someone would just ask for some, some really, I guess, discordant um, features or design elements, which I'm like, I, I, I know I can see what you're getting at and what you kind of want. And in the beginning, it was hard for me to be that person to be like, hey, I know you want this, but let me give you a suggestion. And mm-hmm. I'm going to you know, based on my experience and what I, what I know of what you want, this is actually what you're asking me for. Um, and I, you know, I, I look at that sometimes I'm like, is that, that does sound a bit arrogant sometimes Yeah. Um, <laughs> that I'm like, you know, I, I, I sound a little pretentious saying that saying like, I know better than you, but in a way you kind of do. And if, if the ultimate goal is for them to be happy, at least you have to say kind of what's on your mind. So you, you can, it's almost like, an informed decision in that regard. Oh, totally. Totally. Where you're like, Hey, you know what? I get where you're going with this. Yes. You know, I can do that, but I'm going to say that I don't know if you're going to actually enjoy the end result. Um, Right. But if you insist, it's still going to happen. And yeah. And also as a builder, like building a custom instrument takes a while. (laughs) You don't, the whole time that you're building it, you don't want to be like, uh, bummed out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. like, no, no, no. You're, it's, it's you're pretty thing. sure this this thing that you're like uh, creating with your hands is like not gonna be like no one's gonna be stoked on it by the time that it's done. So I think yeah. that goes into it also. It, it's absolutely that it's uh, in a way because what goes out into the world, even if it's the most immaculate made thing, if it still doesn't represent something you're happy with, that and. You don't, and from your experience, you know that the majority of people who are looking at it will also raise an eyebrow. That's it's kind of your branding you're putting out there. So they're like, "Oh yeah, he makes this." Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yep. And while that, you know, some I think once you've had a very established reputation, 
you can do that and people already know what you're capable of. Um, right, right. And so that's why, like, at least, like, for the amount of guitars I've built, only a, a small fraction of them have actually made it out into the world where I'm okay with them being played, having pictures taken, shown online, and stuff like that. Just because, like, if there's any little fault, you know, the internet's forever, it's going to stay there, and that's your brand. People are going to be like, yep. this is kind of what um, what he does. This is his, yeah. his uh, integrity and stuff. And I mean, on, on my blog, I, I've if you scroll down into the archives, and I, they go all the way back to, I think, like, 2010 when I started, mm-hmm. um, 2011-ish, and you see all the ugly stuff, all the mistakes I've made. Um, and so I cataloged it all just to say like, Hey, this is the progress I've made. And I, I still yeah. have my first guitar that I concocted, which I was like, these, these elements are awesome. Like, this is mm-hmm. what I want in a guitar. And I, I, I went home recently and I still have it and it's incredibly awful. Like it is, <laughs> it is such a bad instrument. And, but at, at one point in time, my frame of mind was thinking like, this is awesome. And oh, so totally. it's, it's worrisome at, at, in one, in one frame of mind, but at the same time, I can, it's a point of reference where I can be like, based on, you know, what I've done there, this is what I've kind of refined my, my, uh, my style into. And so when right. asks me, Hey, I would like a guitar. My way of going about it is I say, these are the shapes that I offer. And this is kind of the way I build. And the way I build is, I build based on an image I have. It's almost like when you are thinking of painting a picture or something. And so you put that together. And so I've changed the way I've kind of done things where if someone really wants something, I'll build something that I think is very good. Like I think has is solid construction, solid, like very aesthetically pleasing woods and combinations, hardware pickups, something that really, you know, amplifies the best aspects of what I've put together. And then right. I'm up for first refusal. It's kind of something that initially I think is what uh, Darren from Decibel Guitars, uh, his model was in the beginning. And that's why for me, at least personally, I, I don't take full customs anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's mainly for that because this is, it is something that I do. I don't do it for, for, money, for an income. I do simply because I, it's a passion project of mine. And so I, I kind sure. of like a, like a, like a piece of art or something that I'm creating. And so yeah. um, I'll take some aspects of, you know, if I happen to be building for a friend or something, um, if they really like this or that, but yeah, like you said, I will, I, I want to know kind of what they play their, um, their style of music. Cause that'll frame like what kind of pickups I'm going to use. And the pickups are in my mind, kind of the soul of the instrument. Um, totally. Well, and um, I mean, even the <clears throat> the type of pickup, because you don't, you know, like uh, if someone says that they like play like only metal and that's it, you don't want to suggest like, oh, you, you know, throw three single coils in that thing. That'd be terrible. I, I advice, mean, so. I, I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Like, and yeah, I, you know, 90% of the time I would... Um, I would go with that kind of philosophy, but as someone who's kind of been drifting back and forth between the, the single coil humbucker thing and I, you know, I play metal. So I'm trying to find that nice middle ground these days. And I know I've been talking to you about pickups and stuff 
a lot more recently, but it's a lot of that. Like a lot of the stuff I've been gravi- gravitating towards is actually a single coil chimey sound in a metal environment. Um, well, and I feel yeah. like that's uh, like the, the P90 is about to have its day again. Um, I know players like John Brown, uh, oh, yeah. monuments have started to gravitate towards putting those like he has, uh, I know at least one of his, uh, custom Mayonez Duvels has P nineties in it. And that's like his main six string. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. He's got the P rails in there. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, he was, uh, I think a, a ceramic nail bomb, uh, yes guy and for for those that don't know that's a uh bare knuckle made humbucker uh pickup but yeah he was a ceramic nail, which that's a fantastic pickup you and i were actually just talking about nail bombs not too long ago too um they have a really like interesting kind of what do they call it a hairy mid-range <clears throat> yeah which, like a hair metal type mid-range it, yeah it's really more of like a a rock like a an 80s rock voiced pickup exactly. but um yeah, uh, pickups are wild, man. <laughs> and yeah. d- didn't you uh, say that you recently got some uh, some gear to start experimenting with winding some of your own? Yes. So I, usually before I delve into another aspect of this addictive hobby um, of guitar building, I usually end up just talking to a bunch of people, reading a bunch of material, and then kind of slowly wading into it. So I, um, I actually got the pickup winding book from J by Jason Lawler. And, um, mm. he actually, he actually signed the book, which was kind of cool. And so I've been kind of reading about it and there's, there's some stuff in here that, you know, I thought I knew a decent ab- amount about it. Cause I've, man, I've, I've probably switched out in all my guitars, like hundreds of pickups and you know, I do all the wiring myself, all the weird wiring and I've swapped mag magnets on stuff before I did a, little feature with Seymour Duncan years ago about magnet swaps and the different ways it sounds. I think they still nice. have it on, on one of their, their pages, but, um, but yeah, I, um, I thought Dude, I knew when I, and then I read this. Yeah. All I've really done in terms of like pickup, uh, surgery, I guess mm-hmm. was, uh, the ceramic nail bomb that I have now, um, in like, it's actually, uh, the only Ibanez that I still own, uh, is my old, uh, RG 570. Um, oh, sure. when I first got that set, I got the Alnico, uh, variant of the bridge pickup. And I was like, man, it's like, it's close, but it's not quite as aggressive. And the response right. doesn't feel quite as immediate as I want it to. Um, and so I just swapped the pickup for a ceramic. I was like, Oh, there it is. Now it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was like, only benefit no downside <laughs> to swapping that pickup out it's amazing just how how much of a difference that that makes and it's funny like going back to you know when we started this episode we wanted to talk about how we go about like at least the thought process of of building a guitar and i know mm-hmm. when we were we're talking about this earlier it was it was saying the actual building part is almost not as important as the beginning and the end Whereas right. you have to yep. think about that a lot more. Like we're talking about pickups. And I mean, when I'm building a guitar, the first thing I think about is not the woods. It's not, you know, anything else. It's what pickups am I going to use for this person? Mm-hmm. When you're putting together a build, um, you know, like you have everything listed out on paper <clears throat> and 
you start thinking like, okay, like essentially like I have this recipe figured out for the most part in terms of what I want to do. You know, there's the pickups and uh, the body wood choices, but there's so much more that goes into it. Like your bridge choice, how how far from the bridge is your bridge pickup being placed? How long is the scale? What material is your fret wire made out of? Like everything contributes (laughs) to what your guitar sounds like. Um, and if you, so if you I had to like... say the three, the three aspects that if you had to choose one, not in any particular order, the three things that people need to think about when, before they even start constructing guitar, that would have the maximum, I guess, effect on the overall, the way it's going to sound or the, um, mm, that that's, I don't even know <laughs> if that is, well, okay. I would say scale length, uh, depending yeah. on your um your proposed tuning sure um the the pickups mm-hmm. what would the and i i like i feel like the third is just like almost a like an an x factor or like the combination of everything else like i don't know <laughs> if there actually is a third um what 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 would you say so i'm uh pickups definitely um for me and it's just basically based on the you know this recent week i i am a proud owner of uh one of uh chris delia's uh carillion guitars off the uh second kessel run um Mm -hmm. and I, i realized something when i was just playing all the instruments that i have and i'm very familiar with each of the pickups in each of them too. And when you played the same pickup in multiple, multiple different instruments, you kind of can see the character of the pickup shine through, even though the other variables are, are different. And I realized the one thing that I always gravitated towards our neck construction is, and so bolt on guitars oh, sure, sound sure. a bit more like what I like They're They feel to me that they're a bit snappier in the, in the top end and, and I thought this was just kind of, yeah, I'm like, um, I'm kind of crazy, but I have a, a an old PRS single cut SE guitar, which is a set neck. I have the Carillion. I have my um, Brian Bowes seven string, which is a set neck. Um, and the rest I have are, um, and my baritone PRS, which is a set neck as well. And I played them like against my, my bolt-ons, including my personal one, which is a, 24.8 scale thing that I made. Um, and I, I am amazed how the set necks do have a similar quality of, um, of sound. Like there's something like, there that I can't, I, I remember I was trying to describe it to you. I think I said it was, there's a bit of wooliness in the lows or low mids that you neck. have to dial out. Yeah. In the set neck guitars. Yep. And no matter what I do, like I, I don't have the same, in my bolt-ons and it's it's a very interesting thing so for me it's like pickups the neck construction and then i'm going to say since i'm mainly playing the bridge i'm not a great soloist or anything but as a rhythm player the bridge pickup distance from the bridge itself definitely yeah i mean the the that you bring up a really good point with the the way that the neck attaches like 
I really want one of these days when I'm, <clears throat> I'm just like, I feel like building three guitars because I have nothing else going on. <laughs> I really want to build um, identical uh, Genova's, just six string um, variants of one of my models. But one is a bolt-on, one's a set neck, and one's a neck through. Um, and just see, you know, with like all other variables being as identical as possible um and just see what what i can learn from that um because yeah i mean take because i i'm i was thinking about you mentioned prs and i was thinking about them specifically mm -hmm. uh because they are you know like 99 percent of the guitars they make are set neck um right. and dusty warring from between the buried and me is you know he's endorsed by them he's a phenomenal guitarist his signature model is a bolt-on and it it's is. like well there's and there's I, probably a reason. <laughs> you know? I, I I believe there is just because before the SE line became a thing, I was a huge fan of the CE line, which was mm -hmm. I guess you I, I'm and I'm probably wrong on this, but maybe was initially their I in quotes budget line at the time, but now mm -hmm. those have increased in value a lot, um, and are kind of harder to find to be honest. Um, and was that was that whole line bolt on? I believe so. Um, ah, interesting. And I always gravitated towards those guitars, and it, and I didn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. At that time, I didn't build guitars, and so right. I, I was still fully believing a lot of the things that you know people were telling you, like, oh, you know, this Gibson weighs forty pounds, but that means <laughs> you know, more weight means more tone. That that's where um, the tone is. It, it's in the <laughs> it's in your chiropractic appointments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, play authentic, and then your your neck snaps <laughs> off. Jeez. But yeah, no. I'm looking at my my Carillion, and it's it is it is a gorgeous guitar. It the construction is damn near perfect. Like, and you know, he's he's one of the the builders. I think when I started out, I, I had like a folder of all my favorite guitars, and a couple of his were in there. So to actually mm -hmm. own something that he made was was you know a great opportunity. I you know I look at him like and I I had to switch the the pickups out of that because you know I needed something that corrected that um that bit of wooliness that I had. And it's not mm -hmm. to say that any anything in the guitar is constructed wrong. I just in my mind the only thing I can really attribute it to is the neck construction. And it likely sure. this is not scientific. This is highly filtered bias, but you know, over yeah. <laughs> repeated, repeat, repeated, repeated, repeated tests with those same pickups because those are the ceramic nail bombs. I've tried them mm -hmm. in every guitar I've owned, and it works the best in this because it corrects that that wooliness. Yeah, man. Yeah, nail bombs are for for anyone that's listening that's like been curious to check out the nail bombs, but they haven't. I would absolutely suggest it because they're pretty far out of the realm of what I would consider to be like a typical pickup that I would like, but I love the voice of them. They're, they're yeah. like super unique. They're super atypical of what I would normally like. Um, but they're, they're awesome at what they do. <clears throat> they're oh, yeah. just as, in terms of like a, a metal pickup. Um, also, so a bit ago, you also mentioned the, um, just like finding different homes for different pickups uh, that 
um, that, that, you know, that sound great in some guitars and not in others. And that reminded me of our, uh, brief conversation about the RGA 121. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's if, right. If we wanted to chat about that for a minute. I do actually, just cause I, I so, have it here with me. Oh, so you still have yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have mine. I love it. Um, what pickups do you have in it right now? Well, I did take out the Dominion that I had in the bridge to put in something else. I have to find something else to put into it now just to hear how it sounds. But this is this is like kind of how you were saying how, you know, you can get the recipe right and then still something. It just doesn't sound like how you think it should sound in your head. The yep. RGA 121, you know, simple guitar, mahogany body, maple cap, you know, kind of like contoured thick top. Ma- thick maple cap which i think is uh makes that guitar pretty unique in terms of the ibanez uh you know range of offerings absolutely and honestly this is a guitar that i've always wanted i just when i was you know going through everything i just couldn't afford it um it's the prestige line rga 121 they made you know the time it came out it didn't in my i don't think it did all that well and then kind of had its resurgence afterwards yeah, um, i 100% regret getting rid of mine because i got rid of mine in a trade uh oof. for well okay i i do and i don't i got rid of it in a trade and the guitar that i received was actually the one that i was referencing earlier that like on paper it should have sounded awesome and then i played it right. and it sounded like garbage <laughs> and um <laughs> i like that guitar is probably the most responsible for me getting into luthery to begin with because i had to deconstruct the whole instrument like pull the frets because the slots weren't deep enough like uh, all, all sorts of stuff, just completely, completely dismantled and then reassembled to make it a decent instrument. Um, that's funny. But, like, like, yeah, <laughs> I, I find, I find mine to be like the perfect instrument in, in most regards. It's just what I know that my, my one twenty one was great. The guitar that I received in the trade was the one that was a disaster. Ah, okay. Okay. <clears throat> I, I misunderstood. But yeah, yeah like, no the the one twenty one was yeah I I still regret getting rid of it. Those are awesome guitars. I like I remember like when we were first talking about it. This was one of those guitars that kind of stumped me in the sense where I would put a pickup into it that I put in other guitars before, so I have an idea of what the character is going to be. But for some reason, something overrides a lot of those characteristics when it's in that guitar. Still sounds mm-hmm. great, you know. It's a very good playing instrument. And there's and, and that kind of touches on something that something else which I feel like factors into electric guitars and but yeah this guitar is an enigma man I um I, I too also just like try to model some of the guitars that I made using some of the things that make this guitar a very good player but one of the things that I've I I kind of realized was that while this guitar is is fantastic I I a lot of that tone tone wood debate kind of goes out the window when I think about mm-hmm. it because I've made guitars that have had, you know, the same mahogany from the same long slab, but sound completely different, like with the sure. same set of pickups. And so I'm like, you know, there, there is a contribute uh, con- contribution that the wood makes, but this right here proves that there's something else that's kind of a wild card. And I think it's the density of the wood. Um, and that particular part of the tree that, you know, alters vibration. I'm not sure. Sure. I mean, um, it makes, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Cause, uh, like the, the, 
I'm I'm certainly not a a tree scientist, but <laughs> you would uh, you would think that the rings closer to the center um, of the trunk would be denser versus uh, you know as you get out closer to the sapwood uh, right. would be more porous and that would affect uh, or you know at least have some impact on what the guitar sounds like. Um, yeah, I remember in my RGA, I got it used at Guitar Center for like 220 bucks like it was insanely cheap uh it was in great shape someone had already put a set of demarzio black winter pickups in it um i hated them (laughs) they were like the the, the the, duncan ones right the yeah those pickups had the least uh string to string definition of any pickup i've ever played it was like everything just kind of sounded like mushed together nonsense sounds Um, good for sludge yeah. yeah. Uh, so I pulled those out and man, I tried so many pickups in that guitar. I tried like various bare knuckles, um, a couple DiMarzios. Um, and then when I got the trade lined up <clears throat> and I was deciding to get rid of it, I was like, man, what, like, whatever pickup do I have laying around to just like throw in this thing to get rid of it? And I put in, a uh, an old Seymour Dunk. Actually it was a set of pickups uh, that came in my Strandberg that I had recently gotten is the JB jazz set. Oh, sure. Um, and man, the JB and the bridge of that thing sounded phenomenal. <laughs> I was Ooh. like, Oh, okay. So I finally, fe- but in the Strandberg, in my opinion, it sounded like complete garbage. I hated it in that guitar. So I was like, okay, so I finally found like stumbled upon the magic recipe combination of what pickups should be in the 121 and it's like on its way out the door. <laughs> so maybe oh, one gosh. of these days I'll get another one and just get the same set of pickups. <laughs> you gotta like, it, yeah. it, it brings me to something like there's a clip on YouTube and I have to find it. They had a, they had a guitar. I'm not sure if it was a tele tele or a strat, you know, stock pickups or whatever. They had it mounted on a, on like a boom or something like that. And they had a band playing, but they had three different guitarists come on stage and play that, that one guitar, three mm. different guitarists playing that one guitar, nothing else changing, just the player. It sounded like three different instruments. Sure. It blew my mind. Like at that point, I'm like, I also started questioning everything else that I know about this. I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, what 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 just happened here? The, these three guys came out, played the exact same guitar. There's no cuts, no nothing, no no video magic, but they're yeah. playing this guitar, and it sounds like three different instruments. Yeah, that, you know, I, I, they didn't. I don't think they changed the um, the pickup selection or anything like that. It just like that they just played, and and it blew my mind. And so I it, when I'm looking at building guitars for people, I'm trying to tell people i'm like look the stuff that you you believe contributes a lot to this quote tone that you think of are probably sure. less important than you actually believe and that sucks because it's it's like it's like telling telling a kid like okay santa's not real um <laughs> you know after sure. they believe that you know the presents were are there you're like no mom and dad put them there dude and dad ate the cookies and yeah. and you're like oh so like the magic is gone a bit, you know. Right. <clears throat> um, and I, and I and I realized that I 
I was sitting the other day just here playing this, playing one of my guitars, and I'm and I realized the more knowledge you have on a subject, the less magic of that subject you really have. A hundred, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I, and I hate it because I feel like I'm I'm that that guy that's telling that kid that Santa's not real. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make the gift any less awesome, but the magic surrounding it is gone. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like hell, I, I went out when I first picked up a guitar. I I picked uh, someone gave me a pick, just a pick, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And and now I lose these like like if, like like pens like they're just gone oh they yeah just yeah disappear into the ether <laughs> but you know i was that kid in the beginning like i'm gonna keep this pick forever because it's magical it makes this sound and i'm like oh, God, I don't know. i'm just gonna buy like you know a hundred pack and then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. or mean, you know you you buy a hundred pack of uh say like jazz threes and you're like well there's this new pick shape that people seem to like. I'll buy a hundred of those too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I, I find that like, you know, I love, I love building guitars. I love seeing the look of people when they get those instruments. Like it's an experience that's, that's unlike anything. Um, but I, I, I do kind of hate having to, do that education just so I can make sure that they have an instrument that they're going to be happy with for a long time. Whereas, you know, I've had someone say like, you know what, I, um, I want this, this walnut body, which is heavy as hell. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, chamber it out and, you know, make it so it's almost semi hollow and just put a maple cap on it. Cause that's going to re- retain some of the snappiness, put an ebony fingerboard on top. I'm like, this guy's read a lot of the stuff that we're all, that we've all read yeah. before. Yeah. But I'm like, a lot of what he's asking for is going to make a very unbalanced instrument, like sure, physic, like physically, like the it's going to have massive neck dive and all this other stuff. And so mm-hmm. my my biggest portion <clears throat> is is trying to make an instrument that they're happy with, so they have that mojo factor where they feel super connected to the instrument and allows them to kind of continuously have inspiration on tap. Um, and that's the hardest thing because. I, with my personal guitar, I love it. It looks beautiful and everything like that has its flaws. Um, but I fall in and in and out of love with it. Um, mm-hmm. there's time, like I, I don't find it to be a very inspirational guitar anymore. It's just a very predictable instrument that I can test pickups on. Whereas, sure. um, the guitar I got, which was built by, uh, Michael Hinnant, um, you know, awesome luthier, I believe sure. from Georgia. Uh, friends with them online we chat a bunch about a lot of this i'm hoping to have him on our podcast at some point too um but the guitar he made i am constantly inspired by it regardless of the pickups that are better in it can't explain mm-hmm. it but it has that mojo factor sure and i don't know how to how to how to you know have that as a something i can constantly dial in with a guitar it's like that's that x factor that that thing that that sets the guitar apart, um, and I, and I, I believe it's trying to keep the customers' expectations in check, and then sure. that kind of drives that. Yeah, I um, I think that when I'm, you know, doing my best to pr- like predict the, the that X factor of an instrument in the planning process, like I I do feel like the 
the there's there's a difference and i think that this is very often like an important point that's lost in the tonewood debate is that there is like everyone always just thinks of like oh well what does that wood sound like mm-hmm. and that it sort of like ends the conversation ends there or the question ends there um yeah. what what the wood feels like to play and how it responds under your hands i think is probably like the more appropriate question that completely is that is not really raised very often like um for example uh fretboard wood um i was i'm kind of still in the the process of uh planning out my friend ben's uh guitar his genova build and i was like man like i think uh i think that this build would look really sick with like this uh this really weird, crazy colored piece of ebony that I have mm. uh, that I could mill down to use as your fretboard. And he's like, honestly, like the, the uh, like no tone or like audible difference aside. He's like, I just don't like the feel of ebony fretboards. They feel too plasticky to me. Um, mm. you know, just because, because the pore structure is so small and so tight. Um, I was like, well, that's, that's certainly a valid (laughs) objection. Uh, so we ended up going, we ended up going with, uh, roasted maple just because he, he's familiar with it and he knows that he likes it. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the same reason that, um, a lot of people prefer, uh, like un or not unfinished, but oil finished, uh, wind gain X is they just like the feel of that, like that tactile, um, larger pore surface for their, uh, thumb to rest on. I, I was actually just about to bring up wind gay as an example. You get, you beat me to it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's <laughs> um, exactly it. And, or, you know, like the difference in feel between nickel frets and stainless frets, like nickel frets can feel close, uh, right after they've been polished, but after someone's been playing on them for a month or two, like they, it's, it's pretty, it gets pretty different. (laughs) Whereas stainless just kind of stays the same forever. Um, but I also, so that's all kind of on the next side. Um, for me, in terms of the, the body construction, um, uh, the kind of the, the response that the body of the guitar has to your playing, um, I think can be, uh, altered quite a bit by chambering, um, which is, you know, I do it in most of my instruments, uh, as, as a way to achieve some weight relief, but mostly because if you have essentially these acoustic chambers within the body of the guitar that are resonating when you hit a chord or hit a note and you can like feel the instrument's response, um, under your, your right palm, uh, and it makes it sort of play and respond more similarly to an acoustic guitar. Um, for me, I, that, makes the instrument more fun to play because it feels more interactive rather than just playing this like slab of material that it, it, it doesn't matter because it doesn't do anything. And yeah, that's, that's an approach that, that I take, even if somebody is like, Oh, you know, like I don't want chambering because I'm worried that the body is going to be too light and run into neck dive and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's fine. How about we do just like, I don't know, like a third or half depth 
chambering yeah. on the instrument just to just to like give the top a little bit of um i guess like breathing room underneath um and i've I've found that that makes uh, a pretty noticeable difference as well i mean i i, I feel that the the when i first when we first met up in reno and you brought your eight string and the six string were those were chambered as well right at least the telly the eight the eight string eight was um okay. and it has a uh roasted maple top and um that then you know continuing <laughs> the tonewood discussion right. gets into roasted woods um so the uh the telly style my cetera um that one is not chambered but it has a roasted swamp ash body right. um and i i feel like roasted woods uh kind of have a similar uh, response all on their own, just because they do have basically like millions of open pores inside of them because all the resin's been baked out. Exactly. Um, so and those I, are. And I, I do agree, and I'm I'm a huge proponent for for roasted woods as well. Yeah, dude. You know who would be really fun to have on here at some point is Hans, who uh, Hugo and I would, and I still get like all my roasted woods from him. He's just this cool cool dude that's uh down in california and you just get to go into his shipping container and pick out <laughs> and just <laughs> oh that's like what dream. woods you want yeah no um, let's, let's it, do it, that it's it's an expensive dream <laughs> but yeah <Of> course. <laughs> <laughs> um but, no hans is rad we should have him on no for for, for sure but I, I i remember like playing those guitars and i think it's that mojo factor too it's partly just how how that guitar feels like and vibrates as you play. It's like a, almost a living, breathing type of thing. You feel more engaged with it. And um, totally, I and I, I, I think you might be the one of the the few builders, or even maybe the only builder I know of that um, built that chambers for that purpose, not necessarily mm. for you know tone, but for right. the intimacy almost of of. Uh, of the of playing a guitar. I mean, because we're we're you you bring a guitar, you play a drone, you're trying to get inspired and wanting to um, play more. Like I find, like even with my personal guitar, I love the way it sounds, despite its flaws and stuff like that. But I'm it's hard to get inspired by it. Um, I just don't have that kind of feedback. The guitar I just yeah. built that's sitting at Soul Belly Barbecue, I felt that with that, and I was like, ah, oh, of course I have to give this one away. Um, right. <laughs> but, but man, yeah, no, I'm, I, that's why at least like right now I'm building myself a seven and I'm building it with the same, um, just my, you know, as we kind of evolve in our techniques and stuff, like a lot of what I've learned from the mistakes of the past. So hopefully that mojo factor is still going to be there. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean this, well, this conversation will continue on our next episode when we're talking about finishing, but, um, Yes. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of any other, uh, I mean, obviously when you're starting a conversation about a build, you talk about like every last detail down to like, if you want binding or what color the binding is, what type right. of fret wire you want, size, um, all that kind of stuff is, are like, I guess, component wise, are there certain things that you tend to like pretty much default to and are there are there any um 
uh, components or types of components that you will try to talk a customer out of um, if they request it? So I, I it's a it's a good question because I I kind of have the 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 specs or things that I gravitate towards, which you know nine out of ten times will give me a great sounding playing instrument. But um, you know back when I was taking custom orders, I would get something like, oh, can you can you can you put a Bigsby on this? And the guy mm. plays metal, and I'm like, ooh, let's. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's explore um, the why. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it's like, oh, I, I kind of bring up that whole, uh, that phrase that uh, Jeff Goldblum uses in Jurassic Park. I'm like, look, just because I can put a Bigsby on a metal guitar doesn't mean I technically should. Um, right. <laughs> and so, because, and I'm like, and I, but really what he was looking for at that time wasn't the Bigsby itself. It was the giant block of of metal that's at the end of the mm. guitar just and like so, aesthetically no 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 just like he believed after after some probing he believes that extra mass like in, on the bridge is going to mm. give him a better tone and gotcha. and i was like okay you know what? let's work with this and so mm-hmm. for him it was one of the the few builds at that time where i basically used a giant brass um block and just chucked it on the on the back of the guitar and he felt happy um and and, i mean it it looked great it was very very smart and if i remember correctly i think you 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 also use uh something similar if i'm not mistaken yeah i um i mean most of my builds i use the shaller hana's bridge which has its own um like uh, I guess like string block plate on the back. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but on, yeah, I use a lot of stuff from KGC or killer guitar components over on the East coast. Um, oh, that's cool. and they make a six string block that I have in, uh, actually the very first telly that I built. Um, and I also have them mill, a custom depth block for the the Wilkinson tremolos that I use uh, since nice. my bodies are are too thin to use the standard block by quite a bit <laughs> by like quarter of an inch um, so they they mill those for me uh, but yeah I think that there is definitely merit in the the added mass to the bridge approach um, I like I've always added in fact my my Still to this day, my YouTube video with the most views on my old channel, Axe Hacks, is how to replace a uh, a tremolo block with a, a brass block. And that's on that's on my Ibanez 570 that I still have. Sure. Uh, and yeah, I think it makes a, a pretty noticeable difference. It makes the... In my experience, it just makes the tone more solid, which I know is like a super... <laughs> subjective descriptor (laughs) but it's like um there's just like a more pronounced like low mid that isn't flubby it's just like it's more immediate um in i i don't recall it doing a whole lot to like the upper uh sonic register but yeah the low mid it just like solidifies it and it makes it uh a little more prominent as well 
Yeah, no, I, I get you. I mean, I, I've experimented here and there with it. Like lately, I haven't really been doing much just because I kind of like the way the standard um, hip shot uh, fixed bridges sound. I use the uh, one with the thicker bass plates. Um, but, um, you know, I've changed, I had uh, guitars with uh, the TOM style bridges that I've changed out for the heavier um, Goto ones or uh, losing the name of the other one, but it's, it clearly has a lot more mass on it or more, uh, mm-hmm. a lot more dense comparatively to the stock ones, which seem like some aluminum stuff. Um, and the, yeah, the, the, the notice, it was definitely much better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, in terms of components that I'll, uh, kind of try to talk a prospective client out of, uh, if they request it right off the bat is a tunematic bridge. <laughs> it's just yeah, like the, uh, there's so much about the design that I don't like. <laughs> I just can't, I can't yeah, do it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. It just, uh, no, it's, it's so just... uncomfortable. It's, uh, the the intonation range is not very much it's not great um, no no <laughs> like you you have to basically nail it but if you want to detune or have that flexibility of you know setting your intonation for a a far a much more detuned guitar you're kind of screwed right um, yep and I like detuning a ton I like experimenting with my guitars and I don't assume all my all the people that own a guitar of mine like to do the same but I do like to um kind of factor in the their ability to do that if yeah want you want to yeah you want to have them have that option in the future right <clears throat> especially if it's like, like the modern metal crowd yeah it's it's the you don't want to run into a situation like the the ibanez uh rg8 where it's a 27 inch scale and the bridge is just ever slightly uh too far like too close to the neck <laughs> So yeah, I, I know this because I had one. Uh, and when you're trying to to drop tune your eight string for for all the the super low chugs, you're you, you, even with the spring removed and the yeah. saddle just all cranked completely as far back as it can go, still still won't intonate <laughs> quite right. Oh yeah, so. you have to you have to like ask um, for the shorter saddles. Like I know Hipshot makes shorter set saddles. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, it's it's a pain, man. Yeah, but, yeah. I think yeah, like for hardware, I I just go straight hip shot for the the grip lock tuners, the bridge, mm-hmm. and then graph tech for the like the tusk at XL for the nut. Yep. that's a super crucial part too, which will probably oh, have its absolutely. own discussion. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot oh, of I was, I was gonna like, I was gonna say something else, but I'll I'll save it for yeah. no, no. You can say it, man. We'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about it again, of course. Well, yeah, we're, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, th- I, I'm just looking at my like personal builds or like prototypes mm-hmm. that I hold on to, And yeah, pretty much the same, like hip shot. If I don't use hip shot as far as tuning machines, like Spurzel is a cool, like lightweight option. I'm not a huge fan of how they, um like the lock in on the back just the well and the open the ones with the open uh gear that look cool they don't even have a pin they have like uh m- 
like 32nd of an inch deep nub <laughs> that just like oh, barely, barely dents into the wood on the back of the headstock. I'm like, dude, I don't trust this. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on. But they, I mean, they are undeniably lighter than every other tuning machine because they're all aluminum. And the other cool thing about Spurzels is they don't have a, like a base side, treble side specific tuning machine because you can disassemble and reverse any of their tuning machines, which is really I nice. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah, sick. That is good to know. Um, but yeah, I like, uh, I want to like the uh, the GraphTech ratio uh, tuning machines. Like, I love the concept behind them, but I, aesthetically, I just don't like <laughs> the way that any of them look so i don't use them you know it's um, funny i actually have those on my hinnant um build and I, I i don't mind them they work very well it's just i think i'm just used to the the hip shots they're just very predictable the ratio i think is like 18 to 1 straight across and it's i haven't really had an issue with it not being able to hold tune that yeah, oh, yeah, that's kind of how I like it with the hip shots. It's certainly a, um, I guess a if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing. Yeah. Like they're they're predictable, their quality control is awesome, and their customer service is awesome. Like, uh, you know, if you this actually just happened to me. I ordered a like very small order, two knobs, and mm. they by mistake just sent me one knob. And I mentioned it to them and they like overnighted the second knob. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> like, amazing. Oh God, we're sorry. Um, yeah, no, my, my, so yeah. my, my experience with them have been, have been fantastic. They are always willing to help out small builders. They, um, you know, will really do what you want to, you know, order by order basis. And it's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. they don't send like, Okay. They, I was about to praise them for not sending uh, builders and like trade account people like their product in retail packaging. But then I thought about it, I was like, well, actually, the retail packaging is more recyclable than what they send to trade <laughs> customers because <laughs> their, their retail packaging is all cardboard, but then we get everything in plastic bags. <laughs> that's so, true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's come true. on, Hipshot, you can do better. It's like an insane <laughs> amount of plastic bags. Um, oh gosh but yeah like uh hip shot for hardware uh like i mentioned i use shaler hana's bridges primarily but i uh i do really like uh hip shots bridges as well and yeah graph tech nuts uh the fret wire that i've started using um for stainless stuff is actually the stumac fret wire because oh, really? i feel okay. like even though even though it's stainless it's a little bit easier to work with than the jess car stuff okay. um and yeah the jess car stuff is it's great but holy hell it is rough <laughs> on your hands and wrists by the time you're done fretting a whole board Gosh, um, i can't imagine I, I only use pretty much nickel um nickel silver and uh, evo gold Dude, I um, love Evo so Evo's much. If, it, if they if they could figure out a alloy formulation to make that material silver, that's all I would use. It's so easy to work yeah. with. It doesn't wear down like from playing. Um, but yeah, we're time check real quick because oh uh, yeah, we are. I think 
well over yeah we're at an hour and two minutes so (laughs) certainly longer than our first episode but uh yeah i feel like we covered a lot of good stuff we did i I think you know at least like like a little wrap-up you know saying like when at least from my end you know I'll, i'll let you um you know summarize your philosophy also it's like when you when when i look at building a guitar i want to make sure that i help whoever i'm building this for even if i'm not building i want to have a kind of a vision in mind like what what am i going for what it, what are what is it going to sound like and so if it's for a customer you're going to ask like you know what do you what what are you imagining and then you kind of guide them in a way to reach that goal so that when it's done they end up having an instrument that they are very happy and just want to keep picking up that that's basically my if i were going to nutshell my whole thing i think we yeah. brought up some brands and you know things about pickups i i know at some point we'll want to get adam on here to talk mm-hmm. about pickups from his point of view cuz he also builds guitars as well but uh, right. over last couple of years i think he's um delved headfirst into pickup making and i when i went home to my folks i saw my my warmoth les paul on the shelf and it had the first prototypes of his um tuned aperture pickups and they've evolved oh, nice. quite a bit from them and they are pretty awesome sounding pickups and i know you use them a lot too and so it'd be good to have him on yeah yeah for sure um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would agree that, uh, in the early stages of planning a build, I like to sort of be able to envision like what the guitar is going to be in its, in its final form. And, uh, you know, just kind of <clears throat> mentally validate that it's going to be what the customer is after, um, like down to every last detail, like I mentioned, like the color of the binding that you're using and, um, yeah, just, just every, every little aspect of it. Um, and then once, and you know, it, it might take a few back and forth emails or calls just to, to get a couple of those details finalized. Like I think I've, uh, like I mentioned my friend Ben McSherry, um, mm-hmm. planning his guitar out. I think we've had like two, two FaceTime calls and a few texts back and forth just to like, raise a couple of questions and uh, confirm a couple of different things about the build. And I feel like we're finally like we were, there's a couple small details that we need to figure out with what he wants on his fretboard inlay. But like, aside from that, everything is totally like finalized and we've, we've sort of sussed everything out. So now I feel confident in moving forward with it. Whereas you know, I, I don't think that I would want to start on a guitar if there was uh, e- even like a small handful of things still kind of up in the air because sure. <laughs> those things might affect the decision to do other things that aren't reversible Absolutely, <laughs> and you get half, halfway into the build. So that, that might uh, be one of the most important takeaways, honestly, and the reason why planning is so important. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, um, you don't know what's downstream and if it affects that, then you're already too late in the game. Yeah. And then, yeah, then you wind up in the situation that like, thankfully I don't think that I have been in, but uh, just in the situation of where uh, I had mentioned earlier, like you're not really stoked to build it and you know that they're not going to be as stoked as they should be to receive it. <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah, just like, 
get everything hammered out and confirmed uh, by both parties first and then move forward and it'll probably be great. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see that one. And I mean, shout outs to Ben. I mean, he's, I mean, everyone should pretty much check out his, his channel. He's been just ripping out all these covers from, from era. And I think he just put out a new single of his that he filmed. Um, yeah. Yeah. He just, uh, the name of the song is Ouroboros. Um, oh, yeah. They did, they shot, uh it's a pretty cool video they shot him playing on the coast down in kind of central california area oh yeah it's uh around monterey somewhere i think he said um and yeah beautifully shot video very cool song uh definitely check him out ben mcsherry yeah and so you know we'll uh i think we'll wrap up a little bit here i think we've covered a lot of we've discussed a lot of heavy topics in the planning stages and i know definitely tune in for the next episode where we talk about the finishing because it's part of that planning phase as well where while you're thinking about what the the instrument's going to sound like and what's going to look like we're also thinking of what is the aesthetic what is what is and the you know the protective factor things like that Mm -hmm. because that all needs to be taken into account before the build starts as well Yep, definitely. Um, but um, everyone, um, for those who are you know tuned in, you know, thank you. Um, we'll try to put out a couple more episodes as well, so everyone can have a listen to you know, depending on where they are in the whole uh, timeline of building. You know, if you're a, a beginner, if you're experienced, if you're a pro, something. You know, we can learn from you. You can learn from us. We're a uh, our uh, emails are always open and um, you know, hit us up on Instagram. You can find me at uh, AKM guitar works, AKM underscore guitar works at on Instagram. I respond to my messages pretty frequently. Chris, how can they find you? Yeah. I'm just at Mobius guitars um, on Instagram or Facebook uh, or Mobius guitars.com and shoot me an email. Uh, tell me how badly my upstate website needs to be updated. Uh, <laughs> um i'm working on it got a lot going on but um uh yeah thanks for tuning in and uh we will catch you on the next one hey thanks for tuning in to don't fret a guitar builders podcast we hope to release episodes once or twice a month and in the meantime we started a thread over at sevenstring.org under the luthery section We'll be able to field questions and post updates there in addition to our usual social media outlets. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode, and if you did, let us know, and we'll see you again real soon.